This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Welcome back to another Sunday Scaries edition, episode 26, the Strategy of Fitness podcast. Nick Cressy drinking red wine out of a mason jar, joined weekly. Dan Gorn, what's up? That's a tight hipster move, man. I'm drinking some, the in-laws bought me a craft beer from Hilton Head, but it's a gold nail, so it's not like an IPA, so I feel like it's a little little manly, but it's pretty It's pretty good. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, but yeah, doing good, man. Uh, Sunday scaries. I, I was saying like zero to ten Sunday scaries. I'm looking five right now. I got a lot of stuff done today, so I'm feeling pretty good, man. What's your What's your Sunday scary you know, ranking right now? Zeros, not scary at all. No, I mean I'm probably I'm 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 standard seven every Sunday unless I have yeah. something fun planned for the week ahead. But you know, I don't know about you, but this this is probably going to be a week full of rants on the pod. Uh, the way we have oh, it set this up, it's going to be. Let's start. As it gets. Yeah, let's start with daylight savings time. What the fuck's up with this? Like, how are we still doing this? I I don't get it. it. Just it, as 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 they say, it is what it is. You know, it's just one of those things that I just don't even think about it. And then you know, got to bed pretty late last night. Woke up with the the, the rugrats this morning. So, I mean, I don't even know, man. What, what, I, I'm here. You know, I guess it's like one day. And well, what's out. weird to me is, is that like, they're starting. <laughs> Separate states and counties are voting on this now. So, like, obviously mm. Arizona doesn't practice. I don't know if you call it practice, but they don't even abide by it. And now I know it's up on a lot this year, in 2020, it's up on a lot of ballots for for stuff for the public to vote on. So, I mean, what's going to happen if Florida says no daylight savings time, but the rest of the East Coast does? You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess Florida's just you know resting on the, their laurels and their meth, but uh, you know. <laughs> well, they were just an example. They were just an example. <laughs> okay, um, but but no, I, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I heard him do a pretty interesting breakdown, and obviously that dude knows how the planets work and everything. And this is, this is a Gregorian calendar that we're working on. And, and if you go way, way, way back in the day when they first started tracking the stars and the movement of the planets, it makes like perfect sense, and it's allowed us to keep everything in line for all these years. So I, I think there is a purpose to it and I just don't give a fuck enough to fight it. I just roll with it. And yeah, it, it is what it is as, as they say. All right, fine. How was your week? I mean, I know we spoke midweek, but I know you were coming yeah. off, coming off the illness, but man, it sounds like you hit the gym pretty hard. I went after cause I, you know, I just didn't know what was, what I was going to get into. So you know, I had some workouts this weekend. The one I did today, which is what I want to share, I actually showed a comparison. If you want to look at our Instagram story, um, now Monday morning, it'll probably be up until Monday afternoon. But yeah, it was kind of like an Adderall version where where you did, and you obviously blew me out of the water. But I kind of hung in there. And I'll tell you, man, my lungs. So recovering from the injury, or not recovering from the injury, recovering from being 
so sick. The two workouts I did this weekend, one was an Invictus uh, conditioning workout and the other was kind of this Adderall variation. My lungs kind of failed me. So I really lost my cardio pretty quick. So if you want to go over the details of that workout, then, then we'll talk about kind of how we each did. But but yeah, I, I, yeah. I noticed that coming back from that injury, my, my cardio was not good. Uh, a 735 2K row, uh, a five, uh, 353 1K row, and then a 147 to finish up. Now, granted, there's stuff in between there, and it's you got to save some energy, but that's a little off for me. A Chris Clyde special is really fun. So it's zero to 10 minutes. You have to row 2,000, and then you're doing an, am, an AMRAP, as many rounds and reps as possible. And it's eight push press and 10 box jumps. And then you rest until the 13-minute mark. So you get a three-minute rest. And then from 13 to 20, it's a 1,000-meter row. And then an AMRAP of dumbbell snatches and ab mat sit-ups. And then you get another couple-minute rest. Two-minute rest. Two-minute uh, rest. Two minute rest on that one, yeah. And then you have a all-out 500-meter row. So very fun workout. And like you said, like we've talked about Adderall a couple times with, I know you and Rob recently did it. This was a different variation and it was pretty fun, man. I, you know, you, you got to pace the rows is, is really my, my thought. And then you got to go get it at the end. I saw our row wasn't crazy different. What my, my 2K was 714, yours was 735. Yeah. Yeah, and 714 is my PR. I think that the, the couple times I've tried it hasn't been the best. So I think ideally my PR should be around 705 or 710. But yeah, I got 735 on that. And I did save some energy, so it might, might not have been the worst. I was going to say, were you were you kind of, you knew that you had going, an was, wrap right afterwards? Nah, I was, I was going pretty all out, to be honest. And, and um, like I said, that 135 push press, and this is where scaling, you know, people look down on scaling, but... When you're doing a 135 push press and my one rep max strict, strict press is 140 to do eight of those, you know, I was breaking it up four and four and, and then um, getting into the box jumps. So I hit one round, I got through the push presses and 10 box jumps, and then I got two more push presses in. So that, that no, first man, round, that, that's, that's a, a roadblock for me. That's a perfect example and a perfect case study of how important scaling is. Like yes. you got to leave the ego at the door and you just like, you probably should have done that workout at 115 or one or, or maybe even 95. Like the, if I'm going for three rounds, that's a, that's 95 pounds because yeah. that, that 95 allows me to do eight unbroken relatively probably with the same effort that you're doing 135 unbroken. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, it was the, the eight push press for me were cake. It was the 10 box jump because I don't jump back down. I step down. So that was the, that was the slowdown. But every time I got to the bar, I was comfortable there. So if you do try that out, be mindful of that and pick a weight that you can just keep moving. Cause you really don't in a workout like that, when you're only having two or three minutes to do an AMRAP, you don't want to put the barbell down. I had a question for you because I, th- there's been some debate, you know, there's somebody in my gym, I was talking about this and I think I kind of know where your head's at, but I, I think that his point was that it's better when you, when you're like me and my, my biggest issue is the raw strength in this whole uh, CrossFit, you know, world and the strength and conditioning world is, is my raw strength. And his, his thinking is like, you work on that with your lifts. And then during the Metcons, you're going to work on, you know, your conditioning. So you're never going to get stronger by pushing the weight in a Metcon. I, I agree with that for the most part, but I think it's something like this, like the discomfort of going from a 730 row to right into eight push presses at 135, I think it does build some calluses. I think there is some, and that's like overhead pressing is my weakest lift. I think it does toughen you up a little bit. What do you think? Uh, it definitely toughens you up and it definitely gives you confidence, right? We talked about so much of this is the mind game of, of yeah. your confidence. So the next time you try to do a strict press or whatever, you're going to think back to, man, I did a, 
I did a pretty hard row and yeah, yeah. I did some push press and I was able to rep out four or whatever. So as far as the mind game goes, yes, I see what that person's saying though. And I, I don't disagree wholeheartedly anyway. Yeah. I think there's, there's like with everything, there's some good middle ground. I, th- I think that you got to pick and choose your spots and you got to understand the intent of the workout. And a lot of times I'll ask, you know, some of the coaches at our gym, I'll say, listen, is it, how dumb is it for me to scale this? And they're like, this is really dumb because it just, you're missing the intent of the workout. If you're staring at a barbell at 135, you know, while everyone else is working, then you're, you're just not getting your heart rate up and you're not getting the stim- intended stimulus of, of a given workout. So that might be one I should have scaled. But I think that the other rounds and the other stuff I was fine with the 50 dumbbell snatches and the and the uh, ab mat sit-ups. I had two rounds and four reps of the uh, dumbbell snatch, the ab mat sit-ups. I thought, I, overall, I really would encourage you to try this workout. Like I said, it's on the gram right now. I'd be happy to put it up again, but it, it was a really good one and one that's infinitely scalable. If you're out there and you're a beginner, man, just throw down those weights, put, put them down to a, a level that's manageable. And if you want to even scale the row, if you're not a fast rower, I think it, it's a great one. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that as well. So I'm glad you did. And then your Invictus one that you posted, I saw it's getting some traction on Instagram. People are trying it out. That, yeah. uh, that did not look fun. That was horrible. And like I said, I think my, <laughs> I really want to try it again. And I had my first mixed, missed uh, box jump ever because uh-huh. I got off that I got off that bike. Dude, your legs don't even know what what planet they're on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never missed a box jump in my life, and I missed one, one getting off that bike. And and it's just because you know your your legs are gassed, and I didn't want to waste time in the transition, but you know, kind of regroup. But I did hit the first. Like, I think if I could hit that, like if you can hit that every twelve minutes, so it's every twelve minutes for thirty six minutes, so essentially three rounds. So in a twelve minute block, we're doing fifty calories on the assault bike, thirty burpee box jump overs, and an eight hundred meter skier row or run. And you're trying to hit that within 12 minutes. So the first round, I got 11.20. The second round, I got 11.59. Third round was a disaster, 14.27. How'd that feel going from 11.20, getting a 40-second breather and jumping right back in? That kind of sucked probably, huh? That, that's what killed me. I mean, and then, yeah. the, the going, you know, that's what killed me. And I, I, did, I was able to hang on for a little bit there. And then the, the third round, the bike just, just completely broke me. But it is a gut check. I actually had the row all set up to go. And then I panicked. I was like, well, by the time I get set up in this row, I, I was like, fuck it, just left the door and did 800 meter run. So that probably wasn't the smartest idea. It was probably the worst of the three I, I could have chosen. But so, Yeah, so I'm good. interested to, to know how that how that would have worked because you got to think your legs are tired from the bike. That, that was my that was my thought. My legs were so gassed. I was like, I can run on tired legs. That's not a problem. But rowing, like putting a good effort in is going to be hell. Yeah. I mean, I think ski, skiing would be difficult, but you're saving your legs at least, but your shoulders would be gassed getting back on that, that echo bike or assault bike. And then dude, 30 box, 30 burpee box jump overs. So 90 in the workout. That is terrible. I mean, that's nightmare shit. Yeah, it was. I was proud of myself for at least in the first two. I think a uh, healthy Dan with good uh, with my lung capacity back up gives that gives that workout fits. I think I can. I think I can get it. I'm going to give it another try at some point. How about you, Nick? What did you? We've been talking about all my bullshit. You hit that one workout, and then you, you hit some other good stuff this week too. Yeah, I had a couple yesterday. Yesterday was Saturday, so in the morning I I hit uh, 50 thrusters for time at 115 weird one you know chris gives me some some numbers to hit occasionally and on this one he was like don't drop it more than four times so you know 50 so the i went out to shoot at 15 every time you dropped you had to do 15 american kettlebell swings at 70 pounds 
So if you think about a thruster and then you think about dropping that and doing immediately 15 American swings, so that's overhead, my shoulders were just screaming. So, you know, I, I, sorry, I did 20 and then 15, 15. Did it in about five minutes. I wanted to go sub five, yeah. but, you know, my grip was going so shitty on on those kettlebells and I didn't want to drop the kettlebell. So that was one. Did a, I did a conditioning workout after that where it was uh, 100 calories on the air bike, 60 push-ups and 80 squats with a 50-pound dumbbell or 80 lunges with a 50-pound dumbbell. Break it up however you want. That was weird. You know, those ones that you can break up however you want, you know, those are probably, you're probably going to do better the second time you do that workout just because you're just figuring out a strategy. (laughs) I did those two back to back with a five minute rest. So that was really the big thing. Last night, I actually went into the gym and, and I was just feeling good yesterday. My back was loosening up. And man, I had 265 overhead three times for a snatch. I just couldn't stand it up. I, I, I was catching it a little forward on my toes. So that would have been a, a big time lifetime PR. And instead of, you know, moping, I, I ended up throwing together a, a power clean and pull up workout, kind of punish myself just to get used to that weight. So that's awesome. Yeah. It was, it's, yeah let me it's ask you this week. too. We, uh, I don't want to say you've been radio silent, but I haven't heard a lot about your back squat. So I, I figure now's as good as time as any to ask Cal the box. Yeah. I haven't been messing with the man. I, I tell you after those, you know, I talked about it on Wednesday, that hip has been so painful to me that I've been trying, but I'm slowly getting back. You know, I sent you guys a video of the, yeah. the pause front squats and stuff like that. So once the front squats start feeling better, I know that I can push the back squats, but if my front squats aren't even feeling good and they're tightening, they're tight on my back, I, I can't yeah. even mess with the, with the back squats. Yeah. Here's somebody, another piece of advice. And I like that you were doing the pause squats. <sighs> you are having an injury. I really think that it, it does help you lower the weight a little bit. It kind of goes without saying that's kind of uh you know, basic rehab one-on-one kind of takes some weight off. But the other thing is those pauses, those slow descents. And when you're really trying to control everything, I really think that helps out with, with a lot of people and their, and their injuries. It really kind of gives you a good appropriate set to feel for what you're doing. I think that's very, very beneficial. I, I totally agree. And it really helps you feel where you're supposed to be. You know, on those pause squats, three seconds at the bottom, you're typically only at 75, 80, maybe eight, maybe 85% of your one rep max. And you really should yeah. be feeling the perfect position. And if you aren't, you need to go down and wait. Cool. Nick, I, by the way, you, you sent me this uh, draft for today's episode <laughs> and, and I was shacked up because you know, me and you, I think we've started watching PTI with Tony Kornheiser, or Mike Wilbon, probably, you know, whenever PTI started, yeah. we were watching it. And then Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, obviously the OGs. Now Stephen, uh, Stephen A. and Max Kellerman. We got Shannon and Skip. So we love a good debate, right? I, I'd say exactly. Say we're not going that way. So we're going to hit you with some debate topics. So why don't you run that down and, and let's get to it? Yeah. So we're always talking about five by five, right? In in the workout realm and how powerful it is. So my thought today was five topics, five minutes a topic, and strict five minute cap. I have a bell here. That, uh, <laughs> that I'll ring when we hit our five minutes. And I kind of just shotgunning you with topics. I, not necessarily are we going to be debating them. There's a couple I'm sure we will, but these are wide ranging. I mean, we're ranging from talking about crafting an NBA team to obesity and leadership, like everything <laughs> in between. So I just want to make this as kind of general as possible just for the listener that just wants a little taste of, of anything and everything. So 
I'm going to, I'm going to start the clock at the 16 minute mark and I'm going to throw the, the first topic out to you and we have till 21. Does that work for you? Yeah, man, that works. So we'll start at the 16 minute. We'll go five. We'll do it. Let's do a bell at the start and a bell at the end. How about that? That's perfect. And just to set the scene for the first one, <laughs> I'm assuming that we're probably going to be agreeing on this one for the most part, but obesity, nature or nurture and your overall thought on four out of 10 Americans. This is a recent study that's been released being obese in America. Go. I think more so nurture, especially when you talk about that number. I think there is a certain small percentage of people that have a proclivity to obesity. If you just look at certain, you know, families or body types where you just see big, thick bone people and then they're just packing on pounds and, you know, they're obese. I like to think of people who are built like offensive NFL linemen and, and the like that maybe don't play sports, but they have that kind of same structural build. So I'd say overall it's nurture. We're, we're exercising less. We are eating more. The portions are bigger you can never you've never been able to navigate society with less effort than you can in 2020 so i think it's far more nurture than it is nature and i would also say there is some good evidence i'm reading this book sapiens to suggest that we are built to gorge on food because back in the day we used to you know food used to not be as plentiful so i think because we live in a such a society that's so superfluous in resources we crush food and then we don't really burn it off what about you yeah, so I'm a big, of course, I think it's nurture. I think it's nurture, nurture, nurture. I think that if you look at the people shopping in the, in the supermarket, everyone says if you shop around the outside, that's where you want to be. And if you look in these stores, everyone's in those middle rows, right? The preservatives, the box foods, etc. Yeah. Why? They're easier. They're cheaper. I mean, look at McDonald's, look at Wendy's. It's always a race to the bottom. How low can we make this money and how convenient can we make you make it for you? I mean, Postmates, I mean, think, like you said, it's never been easier to do less and reap the benefits, including also, pay. It's, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And, and also to, to piggyback off that, I can't remember who made this point, but I will agree with it wholeheartedly. Like everything else has gone up with inflation. Except for, except for McDonald's. Like you go to McDonald's like seven for one, like 18, you know, 18 sandwiches for six bucks. And you're like, well, fuck it. I guess I'll get 18. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've done it before. I think no you doubt about it, dude. Of course. You know, like as you go to McDonald's and I really feel for people out there who are trying to feed a family and they're like, well, I can like go to a produce junction. I could go to Whole Foods and like get all these, you know, nice ingredients and make up this thing. I go to KFC and get the bucket of chicken for six ninety nine. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to be super stoked. And then it's like, you keep making that decision over and over again. And the kids are like, what the fuck? And then everyone's worse off than they were when they started. So there's got to be a better answer. Obviously, I think that factory farming is nece- is kind of a necessary evil. I, I think if there was an easy answer, we would have it. But I think it goes back to personal accountability and just making those those steps as a family or steps as an individual. Yeah, exactly. And look, like I know like Bloomberg had, got banged on on the debate stage the other day when he was talking about, yeah, I guess he like made a regulation on how big the Slurpees or the sodas you could get in New York, you know, stuff like that. But it might take some type of measures like that. You know, I I don't know what it's going to take, but for one childhood obesity is going up, which is a nightmare. And for two to touch on, I mean, I think we're, we're aligned. It's, it's a nurture thing, but there is some nature considerations. If you start with these bad habits now in your twenties, in your thirties, even in your forties, Nurture's co- or nature's coming. Your metabolism is going to slow down. And that's when it's a no shit moment because you're aging, everything's aging. And next thing you know, you have these bad habits and your metabolism slowing down. 
it, it, it can make for a recipe of disaster. And then you're the obese person at, you know, 42, 50, you know, in your fifties and your sixties. And, and that's when the heart disease and et cetera starts. Yeah. I, I'm actually like, I don't want to get political by any nature, but I, this is a, a Dan Hill that I'll die on is like anything with like sugar preservatives, like all these bad foods, I think should be taxed to the gills. Um, alcohol, tobacco, tax to the gills, weed, legalize it, tax to the gills. And then, you know, let's knock down all these sales taxes and property taxes. You know what I mean? Like if you want to eat something and ingest something, that's going to make you basically make the American people pay more when you go on Medicare, when you're 65 and you have type two diabetes and heart disease, like you got to pay out of pocket for that because, you know, my ass isn't paying for paying extra for you. So yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to take it there, but no, I mean, it sounds insensitive, but it's very true. There's enough science now to, to let us all know that, look, man, this is, re- this is real. And like you said, the access to the shit that everyone has <laughs> and they're happily, they're, you know, they're, they're happy to let us eat it up, right? And then you got to go pay those bills at the end. And, you know, the, the heart disease numbers are skyrocketing. It's the number one killer, especially in America. So I think it's, it's time to take a look in the mirror. I didn't think we'd argue much on that topic, but right, right on but- Real quick before the bell. Oh, oh, it's done. It. Okay, sorry, sorry. It's done. No, you're good. All right, my next one. We'll start at 2110. Leadership. I want to hear about your favorite leader that you've ever followed. What 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 made you follow that person? Was it uh was it charismatic? Was it transformational? Tell me something. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not like a big leadership success. Like I don't, uh, you know, I call it success porn, you know, all these things you know, <laughs> that people are overloading me with on Instagram. But I will say, I think that the best way to lead is through example. And I, I can think of a physical therapist, Rudy, shout out to Rudy for elite PT I used to work with. And he was the, you know, probably, you know, when I started there, he was in his mid fifties. He used to work for the uh, United States uh, World Cup team. He's their physical therapist and athletic trainer, and he was a great soccer player himself in college and just somebody who, you know, walked it like he talked it. He was the best PT I ever worked with, just like magic hands, magic knowledge, like knew all his exercise shit, just kind of knew everything and could fix people with, you know, just kind of hearing their story. He'd be like, oh, you got to do X, Y, Z. So total genius. But the thing about it was when you're working alongside somebody who, who gives more effort than you or which I, you know usually give a lot of effort. I mean, he is like put it in and, and you're talking about he's in his mid fifties, just still with the same enthusiasm as a new graduate. I mean, I, I, I think if, if you're, if you're trying to lead people and you're not putting in the most effort in the room, you might as well just, just quit and go find another job because it is a complete waste of time if you're working with me. Yeah. Amen, man. I mean, again, this is going to be not very controversial between you and I, but you know, this is a controversial take that I have. I'll tell you, I'm one of the hardest people. And this is a realization I've had in my thirties. I'm one of the hardest people to lead because like I am the, I'm not a contrarian, like a Stuart Barr contrarian. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be a contrarian just to be a contrarian, but I am going to, I need you to be showing me. And if you're not, then it's lip service. To me, it's very similar to the guy sitting on the fucking, you know, eating Cheetos and telling me to do sit-ups. Like, obviously a wild analogy, but like, if you're not doing it, why should I listen to you? And so, so my thing is, is transformational leadership. I I have a master's degree in strategic leadership with a business focus. Obviously, this is something that I'm, I'm quite passionate about, but like transformational leadership, it's basically the theory of the leader works with teams to identify the needs for change, right? And create a vision together and creating that vision and, and turning it into reality and actual steps is, is harder than it, 
it sounds. And basically what, what those things are comprised of, and I think you kind of hit on it, it's inspirational leadership, right? This is, this is uh-huh. all in the, the transformational realm, inspirational, yeah. intellectual, influential, and, and ultimately having a, an individualized way of thinking. So not only are you con- concerned with the team success, but you're concerned, you're taking each person at an individual basis and le- leading to their strengths individually. So look, man, I was, I was a really difficult guy when I was in the Navy. Cause I was, you know, there was plenty of leaders that, that had earned their right to be leaders that I just didn't think, you know, they weren't doing what I thought it's, it, it's a back, it's kind of a broken way of thinking. It's, it's, very petty and I run into it now. So it's just one of those things that I'm very interested in, in the topic. And like you said, man, it's kind of beaten to death, especially on Instagram and all this stuff. No, it, it's kind of, you, that's cool. I didn't know like the terminology you're throwing out there. Obviously you have like a good scholastic background in this, but I think what you describe with transformational sounds like a perfect leader to me. And, and I want to touch on charismatic leadership because I don't mm-hmm. know much about this, but I will say how many people I think in the charismatic leadership world are snake oil salesmen, bullshit. I mean, one of the Instagrams that you always show to me is move you and God bless those guys. <laughs> I do that have, just to piss you off, by the way. <laughs> God bless those guys because they have some of the sexiest models, but that's what I think of like charismatic leadership. They got sexy models. They have amazing production quality. They, they have really kind of thoughtful pictures and thoughtful explanations. But when you, you, you strip all that away, the foundation of that house ain't holding up. So, right, right. you know, and, and, you know, I look at charismatic leadership as like, man, you got to have that foundation. So, I, yeah, I mean, totally, charismatic leadership is like built on rhetoric. And I mean, is, is that is that what Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini? Yes. I mean, those are, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, look, not, I mean, you can shoot for. You can say that, and you could also say Obama. I mean, like, if you look up, like, if you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out charismatic leaders i mean they're the ones that are so infectious you're just obsessed with the words that they say because again whether it's good rhetoric or bad rhetoric yeah, i think the bell, the bell's coming right yeah we got uh we got five seconds oh sorry uh, no you're good Twenty six ten. so right there 
I'm staggering it a little bit. My next one's starting at 26.20, and I'm interested to hear cardio, sprint or distance? You have to pick one. Go. I'll pick sprint, and that might surprise you a little bit, but I think the distance you can gain, I, I think you get more, and Rob might disagree with me on this one, but I think you can get more by working on sprinting to gain distance than you can working on distance to gain speed. So if you just give me one of those two to choose from, well, I know that's sprinting is going to help me with sprinting. I also know that sprinting at a certain capacity is going to help you with distance, just like any marathon runner, just like any half marathon runner, like any Ironman triathlete or any ultra runner has to work on speed at some point to get you to that point of end exhaustion. So I think that if you, if you, if you only gave me one and for my goals, particularly, you know, doing the CrossFit thing, I, I think that sprinting would probably be where I would go. I'd go the, like the 400s, the 800s, those types of distances, I would still consider a sprint. And I think okay, that I can build my distance through that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So where do you define it? Because I do think that those, if you're, if, what are we saying? It, it, let's say if we're defining distance for a run, are we saying greater than a mile? I say greater than three. Okay, greater than three, then it's a no brainer to me. I think it's yeah. sprint, sprint all day long. I mean, do you, do you consider, when you do a mile run, even if it's an eight, even if you're jogging, you consider that a, a distance run? I, I just no, I don't. Doesn't, doesn't work with me. No, no, I don't. I don't either. You know, my my thought here is, if you had to pick one, I'm I'm all about the sprint because look, it burns fat, it builds muscle, it's fat, it's faster, and stuff. You know, it's just more efficient use of your time. That's what research says, anyway. I was thinking about this from a perspective of, hey, if you sit on an, not just running, you know, yeah. swimming, echo bike, mm-hmm. uh, ski or row, whatever. Like when I get done a 10K row, how do I feel compared to when I get done a, a 2K row? I think 2K row in, in this, you know, subject would, would probably still be considered a sprint similar to a mile yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think the way it leaves your body feeling and what it does to you, you know, again, from muscle building and the fat loss and the respiratory, you know, we talked energy systems to death, right? So in in short, I'm all about the sprint. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I truly believe, and I think I've said this before, but working out slow gets you in shape to work out slow. And I think that, yeah, I think you have something there. I will push back just a little bit. And again, we talked about the energy. I really think, and you know, it's funny, I have patients or people ask me about the podcast. I say, go listen to our energy systems podcast. Cause when I think about all my exercise physiology background, all the schooling I've had, I'm like, it really does come down to that. And I think that there are such amazing benefits from that long, steady state cardio. But you put that I, work I don't in the disagree other end. I think with that, that at you're, all. You're, I, no, I mean, look, I, I hear you. Your bias comes from when you watch. Here, here's where I think. Here's here's what I think your bias could be coming from is when you see those people, they're not pushing boundaries. When you see those exactly. people doing five k, ten k, like they're not. Those people generally tend to stay in that lane and they don't cross over to your world. Is that well? Th- well, that's what I mean fair? because, like, look, if you're gonna go run a five k at a ten minute mile, and yeah. you're gonna say that's long steady state cardio but you never do anything intense. So it's just cardio. Like I think we're giving people the benefit of the doubt and assuming that they're doing mixtures. Look, if you're going out and you're running your 10 minute mile for a 5k, but then you're doing interval mile work at a 830 pace, then sure. But if you're just always going out and running your 10 minute mile, you're going to get really fucking comfortable running a 10 minute mile. And I think that to your point, what percentage of people that do that type of working out, stay doing that type of working out. Like probably a pretty large number. Of course, they're comfortable. Yeah. People yeah. love being comfortable. So Absolutely. 
Yeah, so I'm with you here. I I think the sprint, if you had to pick one, look, we all know that there's there's reason to to do the long steady state if you if you can and if you can mix it in. But if you had to prioritize one, go do, you know, an eight minute Tabata on an echo bike and you'll be you'll be plenty taxed and you only worked for what, four minutes at the most? Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll start this next one. We can, we uh, we ended that one a little early, so we'll start this next one right on the thirty-one minute mark. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, this is great. So, craft a seven-man NBA team. MJ is not included. There are two bench players for this team. Go. All right. I got point guard Steph Curry. So I'll explain him later. But I have shooting guard. I'm putting Scottie Pippen out of position at shooting guard. I'll tell you why later. Small forward, I got LeBron. Power forward, I got Dirk. Center, I got Prime Shack. Bench, give me Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. All right, cool. So we have a couple. You have uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. We have a couple left over. So I, I did some shifting as well as round, well shifting around as well. So I went Magic, LeBron at the two, Durant at the three, Barkley at the four, Duncan at the five, and then give me uh, give me Steph off the bench and give me Kawhi. Oh, Kawhi, you know, Kawhi, I was just watching him today. Pisses me off so much. People slurp him like, like, like you would, like, he I need a defense, like, man. I need like, a defense. I, I went Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen was healthy. He won six championships. He was an absolute savage on defense. He was longer than Kawhi. I think he gave better effort than Kawhi. He didn't take every other fourth game off. Give me Scotty Pippen. That dude is a dog. I want Scotty. So you're telling me you'll take in today, and this was in today's game. So Scotty shuts, Scotty shuts everyone down. That's my thing. Is nobody nobody wants nobody wants that smoke. I don't know if he can play that defense, that aggressive of a defense. Because if you look at some of the old Scotty, you look at some of the old Bulls footage. I mean, those oh, boys, they're, they're especially like against the, the Detroit Pistons and stuff like like all day long. There, there's hand checks. There, dude. That's a different breed of basketball is what that is. And that's why I almost felt kind of weird putting Magic in because he didn't shoot threes. He shot like 83s. I think his his most in a season was like 83s. And what, Steph's shooting 300 or 400. Here's what people always forget, though, is that these guys, like people like, oh, Michael uh, Jordan wouldn't be as good as today's game because he didn't shoot threes. Well, Michael Jordan would have his ass in the gym shooting 7,000 threes you know, a minute over the summer. And he'd yeah, be better yeah they would have adapted, like, of course. So, so that's why, like, I think you can't teach length, you can't teach effort, and that's like the like because my team's kind of lacking on defense. If you put Scotty with LeBron, tell me who's getting a layup there. You know, like Scotty, LeBron, and Shaq. No, but let's break down these guards, or I guess let's break down one through three. So if I'm going, if I'm going Magic, you're going Steph. Yeah, uh, you have the offensive, you have the offensive advantage there, especially with the threes. Even if Magic worked on his threes, he would never be like Steph. No, no, no. no we worries. both have LeBron in there. And then I have Durant, you have Pippen. That's the big difference. So I'm going for scoring there. You're clearly going for defense. Yeah, so I think Scotty gives Durant problems. But I think Durant also – I think he's Durant so could see up Scotty pretty well too. Yeah, yeah he's, he's seven foot tall, man. He can. He has, the range is really nearly unmatched. I didn't and put then, Durant in there, but he is, he is awesome. I mean, I, I – I don't even like him at all. But really, yeah, he's yeah, he's so fucking so, good, so skilled. I went here's here's a, here's a hot take. I went Dirk over Duncan for power forward because I think you're talking about today's NBA. I mean, he's the perfect stretch. I mean, you put him out. I mean, prime Look, he Dirk. was there for me, man. But so was KG. What I yeah, ended KG up doing was, was almost a KG. I put Charles in there just simply because he's he did he was just he just 
ate up the paint. He would just do anything for those rebounds. And then yeah. I actually moved – you know, it was weird what happened with Duncan towards the end of his career. He was a power forward, but he was really playing center the majority yeah. of those. And, yeah. you know, Shaq even says he was a center. Shaq Duncan, I mean, I think you've always been Shaq all the way, right? And Duncan I'm, annoys you because he's boring as shit. Yeah, it's like the Duncan Tom Brady syndrome. It's like, I don't want to watch five yard dig routes all game. I don't want to watch layups. Get, give me Shaq yoking in somebody's face and then doing like a Superman dance. Like, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I love all. Shaq's personality. I don't know how he could run up and down this court. Like, I know he, he did it for a second in Phoenix with Nash and those boys, but come on, man. He was, like, he was, he was way past his prime. Like, give me, give me Shaq in Orlando. He was so agile. So, but here, here's the thing is people say that, but it's like, so if you want to go small, who's guarding Shaq? He's just going to bully ball everyone. Like he's going to score eighty a game against weak ass Draymond Green trying to guard. Well, him. no, Shaq. I know, but then it's like yeah, you're right. Face. Is is are we watching a modern day Shaq right now with with a more trim, more slim Giannis? Like I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but he wasn't making the cut. Obviously, I Giannis just is way more, way more, way faster, way more. I guess I don't know if athletics the right word, but. He, yeah, right. I never I mean, think Shaq would right. clog it, clog up the center. But man, like in today's outside shooting world, or even with like having to clear out with LeBron, can you imagine if LeBron's coming down the lane? Where the fuck Shaq going? I just don't I think, think he's. I think he's like, give me the ball. Shaq is a very underrated passer too. I think that he, he he's great at kicking out of a double team. I think that you know he was really good at finding um some of the some of the even like fours and threes. So yeah. All right. Cool. All right. We'll, this we'll throw is- that up. We'll throw our teams up on the ground for a, a quick poll. Yeah, exactly. After this drops. This is the last one, and I love it. Are men softer now more than they ever have been, or is this just the whole world becoming more politically correct? We're paying for the sins of our fathers, as some of them say. I'm not saying anyone's father was bad. <laughs> but what are your thoughts? Are we just softer now, or is it just the culture we live in? I think we are getting softer, but let me give my optimistic dance spin on this. Is you know. The, Again, 2020, we have so much at our fingertips. We have so so many of the tasks that we used to demand our physicality are gone. Those jobs are gone. Those um, home chores are gone. And we really can do almost anything with a, a very minimal effort. And then we can also hire people to do things for us. So I think that <laughs> it, it, so is, <laughs> it is a sign of the times. But here's where my Dan optimistic spin is. like Because we're getting softer, because there's less demand on us, because – all these factors, you know, food is easier to get, food is, you know, making us softer, all this shit. The best way to combat that is getting your ass in the gym. So I think that America is this weird place where we have kind of the greatest of everything. Like you can find the biggest couch slough ever in like Oklahoma, just stuffing Cheetos and like getting the, the Mike Bloomberg's or <laughs> Mike Bloomberg sized uh, Slurpee. <laughs> and then you can also like go to like any CrossFit box in America and see just some absolute savage doing, you know, 350 pound, you know, power cleans, you know? So we kind of have these like two ends of the spectrum. So I think that if you think we're getting soft, always criticize with creativity. If you think we're getting softer and everyone's a bunch of, you know, pansies or penny waste or whatever word you want to say, like just go be harder yourself by getting in the gym and just putting yourself through hard, miserable things. Yeah. Now look, <laughs> this, let's, let's, I'm going to try to navigate yeah. this one without <laughs> saying anything absolutely brutal here, but, and it is women's appreciation day. So happy, uh, I don't know, anniversary, whatever that is. Um, happy Women's Nas- or National it, is this, Appreciation is this, Day. Yeah. Is this the start of women? Like this is the anniversary? I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. That's why I'm not really sure. But look, I have this idea. 
that women have been grooming men over the last, I want to say 10 <laughs> years, to just be softer. And they're accepting it because men were such dickheads for, I don't know, 200, 300 years. Yeah. Especially here. And there was so much misogyny. And I think, <laughs> I, I guess you got this idea that these women are finally clued up to, well, you know, we want more of a beta male because we're just as good as these guys anyway, right? Like I, no one here thinks a man's better than a woman, but there are these perspectives and these preconceived notions. I think women are like, yeah, go be softer, you know, wear your, your shoot, your suits a little too tight and, and do your stupid hair. All, all these like kind of chuffy things that the guys <laughs> used to probably not get all away with. Like, you know, if you look back in like the, the seventies and eighties, like the dapper suit wearing guys, now you look at them today and you're like, well, <laughs> there's something it's going different. on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just different. And I think what the master plan is, is let these guys be these kind of soft douchebags and we'll just slide in here and be professional shit and, and, and take over <laughs> ultimately. So I think, I think this is a big conspiracy and I think it has a lot to do with women allowing men to be softer so they can then have the upper hand in the relationship. And you think that they're all propagating this together in coordination because we all know I wouldn't, I don't give them that much credit. I think this is something that has slowly been happening. It's like, Oh, Oh, okay. So we just got to let these guys <laughs> self-destruct and they will. And now, you know, you see it. I'm sure you've lost some buddies to this man. Some guys that were probably savages back in the day. And now they're just, they're, you look at them and they kind of look like that movie, uh, what the, the key and peel guy did <laughs> where like you look at them at like a, at a gathering and like their eyes are, they're looking at you, but they're kind of looking through you and oh, you like can the, see the, like, into that get, soul. Get out. Yeah, get out. exactly. And you look at me like, man, I know that I know Eric used to be there, but that's not Eric anymore, man. And you look over at his wife and she's just smiling, nice ring on her finger. She's like, yeah, I got you, bitch. Yeah, I, man, it does happen, doesn't it? I, I will thoroughly, this is where I'll take a wife appreciation day to thank my wife. Because oh, yeah. I, like I said, I'm a weird dude. I think, you know, if you look at us on the spectrum of weird or not weird, we're both probably pretty, you know, we have our we have our idiosyncrasies. And we got two women, women in our lives that get us and let us be us and let us, you know, we got them young, man. That's the, yeah. That's the thing. You got to get them young, right? Yeah, you got to be yeah, able to download those hard drives onto each other. Someone's downloading a hard drive into the other one's uh, computer, and and if you get them later, they can get the upper hand. But you know what? Yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there goes there goes the podcast. The strategy of fitness. And there the, it is. The PC police. The uh, <laughs> the, the cancel culture's got us. Uh, well, I hope that was fun. Look, I, I, we didn't debate that much. Honestly, I think we were saying a lot of the same stuff, but maybe some different perspectives. And I do like that idea of kind of going around the room, especially when there's three of us. Rob's still out with, with dad duty. Can we take a minute there? Speaking of soft men, I'm not saying he's soft at all, but two <laughs> weeks missing two podcasts for this baby or like, are you kidding? What's going on there? Have you talked to him yeah. offline? I, I have not talked to him. Like, it's weird. You know, two things that are weird. What I want to share with the listeners is one thing, and I actually respond to my own brothers. I'm linked into your Instagram somehow. So, like, <laughs> so I have the strategy of fitness. I have my Goran D Instagram, right? And then I also have your Instagram, but I can't, like, delete it. Like, I can't log out without logging out of the strategy of fitness. And I like to do updates. So, so it's like, I'm, it's literally like I'm Hannibal Lecter and I'm wearing your face. It's really, <laughs> like, I can't tell you it's giving me like a, 
different and not even that I look at it, but like the notifications, it's really bizarre. So I'm trying, it's weird. It is weird, and I need you to fix it because <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> There's but, nothing um, crazy that goes on there. You can you can have no, it. No. It's just, I, dude, it's a level of of intrusion that is making me exceedingly <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> Number two, I couldn't wait to get away from that screaming little rug rat at two weeks. So what is yeah, Rob like an hour away from this demon spawn? Of course, I'll take that. Like, what are you doing, Rob? I know, man. And I'm not trying to bang on the poor guy. I'm sure he's busy and there's probably family in and out. But man, if I could get an hour to just chill and talk oh, shit. God. Oh, come on. And we keep him in the group text so he knows what we're talking about. You know, also, I don't think he listens to this. So <laughs> <laughs> he's never going to hear this. So one way or another. No, uh, no, no, no. I can't wait for him to, to come back. And I think he's he'll come in hot with, with some fresh uh, fresh takes, I'm sure. He's had a couple little, he's kind of had like a couple little Rob stabs on the, in the group text, like just very, very subtle, uh, you know, that he's, he's hanging in there, but yeah. And he had know, some I good wor- workouts. It sounded like, so he's, he's still getting it in. Yeah. He's still strategy alive. Um, yeah. He is the strategy of fitness. He'll be back next week, but I did want to take time, plug our Instagram at the strategy of fitness. Please follow along. We're going to do the gym hitter section later. We are the strategy of fitness, official gym hitters on Spotify and Apple music. You can also find the podcast on spotify and i will give everyone that listens to this on spotify big ups because you guys are awesome you guys are subscribing following like we're getting a big following on spotify which i didn't anticipate because i've always been more of like an apple user but awesome on that and then for apple if you are an apple podcast person you can subscribe there like review all that stuff helps majorly and we really appreciate it yeah it helps our little brains keep going doing the shit on 9 30 on a sunday night but we love it we love it so yeah. I, I do want to take five minutes quickly and talk about one of the more polarizing exercises and you know i'm in a group thread with some of the starboard dudes and just various different walks of life i, I talk about this particular exercise and it's pull-ups and man we've talked about how great they are but I, I see that there's literally like seven, eight, 10 week plans online on Instagram, like pull up progression and stuff. And people are so scared of it. And then when they get their first one, it's like a level of elation. You'd never even like, like what's going on with that person just pulled their chin over the bar, but it really is an amazing feeling for people. So I just want to talk like a couple minutes on some tips, some things that you've done to get better at them. We're not talking kipping anything like that. I'm talking a strict pull-up and I want to like send this out to the person that's never done a single one, male or female. And hopefully, you know, they can message us and you'll get it in <laughs> in the Instagram and then be able to check my personal Instagram. And this person will be saying, oh my God, this is amazing. So give me a couple tips. Uh, it doesn't have to be crazy long. Yeah. I would just say, you know, focus on your accessory movements, you know, some, some movements that you're going to be doing to get the pull up, I, I don't want to say a row is an accessory movement, but heavy bent rows, you know, things where you're working your lats. Bent over rows, yes. Yeah, heavy bent over rows, heavy lat pull downs, heavy rows, anything where you're working that posterior chain. So really hammer your posterior chain and also get your biceps muscle, get your brachioradialis. So the brachioradialis is another muscle that crosses the elbow joint down to the wrist. And the best way to hit that is your hammer curl. So if you are doing a neutral grip pull-up, that will help you. And it's a very strong muscle. So if you're getting new to pull-ups and you do have access to a pull-up machine that allows you a neutral grip where you can use that brachioradialis, that's going to be nine times out of 10, the easiest way to start. Neutral grip grip is like you are, like you're putting your hand out, like you're shaking hands, then coming up with that. So just think about that listener. 
Exactly. And then your biceps, don't forget, that's going to be a big part of your movement. As far as if you're starting and you and you can't even get the motion down, I really am a huge, huge fan and proponent of the super bands. You can start with one super band. You can start with two super bands. You could, you know, shift it one side to the other. You know, if you have a certain weakness, I've done that with different patients, but you want to keep it symmetrical if you, you don't have any specific weakness. But using the super bands, you could look up YouTube on how to do a progression with the super bands. And then I, I think one of the hard, absolutely hardest things to do, but one of the most beneficial to me, and it made a lot of sense. This is actually something I stole from Rob and Rob used to help me um, with my programming was when you do your pull-ups, try to do this. Because if you think about the pull-ups, we'd spend a lot of time doing bar hangs at the bottom and that's a great exercise, hanging at the bottom, doing hollow holds at the bottom of the bar. But if you can do a hold at the top of a pull-up position, it gives mm-hmm. you so much strength. And if you look, think about a pull-up, it's like you're spending so much time at the bottom and then you're spending this little split second of time at the top. If you can get comfortable at the top, that's a powerful ass tool to help you do some damn pull-ups yeah exactly i was talking to alex king one of our one of our most loyal listeners i think and you know I, he was he was having difficulty with the pull-up and he's like i just don't understand it and you know he's a he's an athletic guy and he's strong enough to be able to pull super, himself super, over. super trim super trim too like you know i'm ounce of fat on him no and and he can he can move some weight around like he's not he's not like a weakling at all and it's his whole thing is engaging the back it's like okay. this shouldn't be a forearm and, you know, this shouldn't be a curl of your body weight somehow up over the bar, right? Like yeah. you said, yes, of course you're going to use some some biceps, but Absolutely. you have to use that back. And what you just said, I think, is a perfect way to do it. If you're just starting out or if you just want to get better and you just – if you do the, the jump pull-ups, so, you know, just imagine the bars – within jumping range, you're going to jump and you're going to use that momentum to go over the bar. So you've completed a pull-up, although it's a jump and it's aided from that momentum. Pause there. You're going to have to catch all of your weight and you're going to be engaged. That's not just going to be your shoulders, not just going to be, it's going to be everything for you to really lock yourself in and just be comfortable. And you, you can treat it as a negative. You can release yourself down slowly because you're not using a whole ton of strength on the way up. You're almost using none, but then you need to catch yourself and slowly drop down. Maybe count one, two, three on the way down and then do another one. And those are essentially negative pull-ups and they're giving you the feeling. And like you said, you should be able to feel your back engage, your shoulders, your biceps. And obviously everyone's heard of the bands by now and, and putting those on your feet. That, that's a great idea. And the bent over rows and the other accessory lifts. But my biggest thing is you should, you got to be able to feel the muscles that are supposed to be working, working, and you want to be able to, you know, actually feel your weight when you, when you get over that bar. Yeah. I will say too, um, another thing that, so absolutely. And when you do eccentrics like that, we talk from a muscle physiology standpoint, the muscle works by forming these cross bridges between actin and myosin, and they cause the contraction of the muscle. So when you do an eccentric, it's working in reverse and more of those cross bridges are performed. That's actually one of the best ways to build strength. One thing that I'll throw in with both the holds and the eccentric lowerings and even doing it with the bands, if you are having trouble engaging your lats, and this is a little bit of bro science, but I think it's backed up by some muscle physiology. So hear me out on this wide grip. Okay. The, the narrower grip you have, and I, again, I'm somebody who is notoriously narrow with my grip. You are super uh, narrow, super narrow with my grip. And I've tried really hard to widen it out in, in a number of different ways, but it's because my lats, I think my arms are stronger than my lats, but if you widen that grip out, it will really engage your lat muscles and your scap stabilizers, especially when you work. So start from your lat pull down, do your, 
widest grip possible in your lat pulldown, and then add more assistance, wider grip with your progressions on your pull-ups. Have you heard that before? No. I mean, I never go super wide on my pull-ups, but anytime I did lat pulldowns back in the day, I went super wide. So I think that... I don't know. I don't, I'm sure that helped. The other piece of bro science, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, just any type of body weight exercise, just being able to manhandle your own body weight is helpful for this. You've never seen a person that can just bang out a hundred pushups, not be able to bang out a single pull up. So like, I'm positive if you're, you know, slowly starting this journey, be able to hit 30 pushups at a time, be able to hit 40 pushups. Does a pushup really correlate to a pull up? No. But again, it's just having the control and the the strength to control your body weight. I think, again, just total bro science, but I, I think that there's there's some type of, I think they're connected. I just think being able to control your body is, is important one way or another. Yeah. So it's kind of like you train for your weakness and you train for your strength. So if your weakness, you can't get up on the pull-ups, but you can hit these other things like gain that confidence, hit these other things. I think planks, sit-ups, you're going to need some core strength and a pull-up just to kind of stabilize yourself there hollow body holds are all good and then really hammer those other lifts anything you can do rows bent over rows lat pull downs just I, I can't say it enough to just hammer those with heavy ass weights especially those bent over rows like you should be doing if you're doing bent over rows something you're you're huffing and puffing to do four on each side and you're really struggling to hold on to that weight. with a dumbbell right dumbbell or kettlebell yeah any any yep. sort of weight yeah and you're just i mean you're struggling to hold that weight for four or five really yeah exactly and it's testing that grip too right yeah, grip strength is a huge one. I, I'm in the minority. Kipping pull-ups have helped my strict pull-ups a lot because my biggest limiter is grip strength. And kipping pull-ups help your grip strength. Oh, nice yeah, pass. for sure, because you're just holding on to that bar. Look, I'm totally cool with the kipping pull-up. You know that. And if you can get it down right and you need it to hit these things, do it. It's just, you know, you got to kind of know what you're doing. And again, it kind of comes back to that body control. You know how to control yourself up on a bar. The newbie might not. So yeah, just, just some, uh, some tips and hopefully, you know, you get your first pull up or you get your first set of eight unbroken or something. And you can say, Hey guys, you actually, uh, shared some, some good, uh, valuable information with us. Yeah. And anybody who hits their first pull up or hits a set of five or anything cool, show us a video, send it over to the gram. We'll post it and shout you out. All right. Yeah, exactly. Let us know. All right, cool. This, uh, this has been a fun episode, man. It goes fast every week. Let's uh, let's do some some gym hitters. I think we're only doing one this week, and it's going to be from a new artist that you have not not new is in there just breaking. We did that a couple right. weeks ago, yeah, but yeah. someone you have not thrown up there yet. So I want the Skrillex with the Aesop Rocky the Skrillex song. I was always like I didn't know what that was about. Like to be honest, it was one I used to skip over, and then it came on during a running workout I did recently, and it was awesome. So that's a Fucking awesome song and love that. So thank you. Really oh song. yeah, Wild for the Night. Yeah, that's you it. Know, yeah. Man, it goes so. It, yeah, at first you're kind of like, why is this guy talking all deep? And then it hits. Yeah. You know? Oh, nice energy. Yeah, it's one of those songs, and and this is one thing I suggest. And a lot of the hitters are new to me, and I'm sure new to you and new to the listeners. Yeah, like, give course. it a couple, give it a couple chances because sometimes, like that song, I was just like, what is Nick doing here? And then I gave it three, three or four listens, and by that time, it hit during that workout. I was ready to run through a wall. It's fucking awesome. So, yep, that's the beauty of all these. I'm, so many of these are foreign to me, and yeah. you, you listen a couple of times, and next thing you know, you're you're really digging them. What cool. do you got this week? 
So I'm going with one of my favorite bands. They're still touring, I believe. And on the newer side, I think their first album came out in 2008, but the band is the Gaslight Anthem. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I have not. The song is called Orphans. Again, on that same, I'm kind of in this like Menzinger's uh, Banner Pilot was my pick last week. Kind of that. I like um, that Banner Pilot. Yeah, I'm up tempo punk with these good catchy choruses. So, Gaslight Anthem, Orphans, not necessarily a hitter band, but this album is their second album. They have two or three on there. I could I could throw on there if if you guys like this one. Very cool, very cool. I'll check it out this week. I'm bringing Redman to the table. I don't think he's been there. It's it's Redman and Method Man. They did a collab. Now I don't know if we could accept Method Man because we did have End Together now, but yeah, I'll take it. I'll take oh, it. Shit, you're right. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> you are very right. I forgot about him, but I think this is like kind of a, a Red Man staple. It's called the Rockwilder. D A then Rockwilder. It's like it's two and a half minutes, and they just go back and forth. It's it's a, the whole album's really good. I don't even know how I stumbled upon it. I think I've just been in this this old school hip hop thing with the Nipsey last week, and then this week I stumbled upon. Meth and Redman, fun stuff. So, you know, it's it's not by any means a, a nine or, but but I'd probably throw it up there. You know, eight eight two. Cool. So, do you have a book of the week? I, I got one, but I don't know how relevant it's going to be to anything. But no, I have know. nothing that's relevant. But if you have something. one, if you, if you have one at all, I'd be happy to hear. If you want me, I got one. If you want, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So this was um, and and I'm going to give you guys a show to watch on Netflix that. I absolutely thoroughly loved, which is called Mindhunter. Did you, did you see Mindhunter? I watched a couple episodes actually. Did it, it didn't get it didn't suck you in? It's like I don't no, know, it's it like did. A, it was it was really good, but I was watching it when I was traveling a fair amount, and I'm like too far in to have Mal start. Oh <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. Now I'm on my own. So when I travel, I have some downloaded. Cool, awesome show. Can't recommend it highly enough. But it's all based on a true story about the first guy in the FBI who started psychologically profiling serial killers. So before the attitude of the FBI was like, Hey, they're bad people. Let's lock them up. Let's put them down, whatever, which is pretty, pretty, you know, kind of what they're trying to do anyway. But this guy was like, Hey, these crimes keep happening again. It's the same archetype. It's the same pattern. We should study the psychology of these people so we can better track them as criminals. So the man's name in real life is Johnny Douglas. He's played in the show Mindhunter. I can't remember the actor's name. Same guy that does uh, Christoph's voice in Frozen. Jonathan Groff, I think is his mm. name, that plays yep. in the show. But jo- John E. Douglas is the, the author. And then this is his book called The Killer Across the Table, Unlocking the Secrets of Serial Killers and Predators with the FBI's Original Mindhunter. And and it's just his brilliance in this book is, and it goes into to when you talk about weightlifting, when you talk about um, strength and conditioning, I just love people that think differently. Like like you said, you're a bit of a contrarian, Nick, you know, with, with your time in the Navy, but that's why we enjoy like that's why we enjoy your takes on this podcast is because you can't have people thinking the same, right? Jimi Hendrix isn't going to be Jimi Hendrix if he just plays the same bullshit that every guitarist <laughs> right, performs right. played, you know? So this guy just thought totally outside the box and was like, in order to get this serial killer thing under control, we need to think differently and view these people as human beings. And I think it ties in nicely with Chris Voss's book, who was also with the FBI, about yes. you can have somebody who's batshit crazy or a terrorist, but- that's their what's going on in their mind is a reality. Whatever their mental illness is, whatever their predisposition is, that is a reality that we have to deal with as we're trying to deal with these people. And I think this book kind of gets into that and has some really cool examples and some things that tie into the show too. So if you're watching the show, it's a great adjunct. If you just want to read the book, it might get you interested to watch the show. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that stuff. I eat up any of the that crime drama stuff and the people that can reverse engineer it in some ways and and really dig in and 
uh, there's there's people with legitimately gifted minds out there that can piece it all together. So that sounds really captivating. I'll check it out. Yeah. And Johnny Douglas too. And I think that it's important in the show. There's always some resistance when you have these beautiful, creative people, these people who push the boundaries, the people who think differently. There's always some asshole that works ahead of them. That's like, this isn't a good idea. Nobody remembers <laughs> your name. So everybody remember that. No one remembers your name. If you have a good idea, go with it. And don't worry about some asshole boss that's holding you down. <laughs> so true, man. Perfect. That's a perfect way to end it as we uh, roll right into the work week. All right, man. Have a great week. Hey, you too, Dan.